Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. Mayo swings and clobbers it. Deep to left field. No shot. This one's gone. Off the top of the video board. A mammoth shot for Kobe Mayo. That ball sounded good. Set to straightaway center field. Going back. And it's gone. Right center field in the pool. And it's another home run. As Connor Norby delivers some insurance for the Norfolk Tides. A two-run blast. 419 feet away. 2-1 pitch, swinging a high, towering fly down the right side. That one heading near the pole. If it stays fair, it's gone. It is. Fair ball, home run into the party deck by Jackson Holiday. And then he gets a swing and a miss on the cutter away. So kind of a prototype Wanderson Charles inning. Some highlights from last season. Kobe Mayo, uh... Connor Norby, Jackson Holiday, Wanderson Charles, and the reason we play these is because maybe there's a chance one of these guys makes the roster. I guess the chances are better for some Jackson Holiday than others. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Kobe Mayo. But are there guys out there or there in Sarasota right now that you consider maybe a wild card to make this roster? You know, I think those guys are are some of the the interesting pieces. There's some other recent um, potential bullpen arms that they've picked up via minor league trades or, or cash consideration trades or, um, you know, some minor league free agent signings where certainly there's room at the end in the bullpen, right? We know that if we're talking about what's settled and what's unsettled mm-hmm. on this roster, far more is, is, is settled with injuries, obviously the, the potential wild card than not, but the bullpen is a, an area where there will be some shuffling and, and reshuffling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious by their activity or lack of activity in, in some regards who they're making room for and who's going to have to fight their way in, most likely, through the course of a minor league season. They've set this whole offseason up for Jackson Holiday to yep. make this team. Yep. Doesn't mean he's absolutely positively going to do it. But they weren't in the market to bring a, a Frazier back. They weren't making, you know, like a, a a trade with the Padres for Kim or somebody like that. They they didn't get in the Whit Merrifield sweepstakes. No. This is a team that for years has brought in a veteran middle infielder type, um, whether it's an Odor or like it's been a thing for them when they first brought in Ramon. Yeah, they haven't done that. I think that's telling you something. Sure. 
And they also didn't re- – talking about moving Jorge Mateo maybe to more of a super utility role, which, again, would put Brand, uh, would, would, would put Jordan Westberg in the, in the driver's seat to be, be toggling between second and third base depending on what, you know, Jackson Holiday is doing on any given day. Uh, you know, if the Mateo thing works out, then – all the more reason why I think Heston Kerstad's here from the start. But we saw Heston Kerstad last year. So, you know, he was a part of yeah. the stretch run. Um, Very bullish on him, by the way. Yeah, as well you should be. Uh, and there's a lot to like about him, but he's not an entirely new face. No. And then, yeah, look, uh, you'll see Kobe Mayo and Connor Norby and these guys playing in, in Grapefruit League games, which start in a couple of days. And you'll see them in A games, and I think what we're going to get eight of them, I think on Masson or something like that. So Seven we'll or eight, yeah. See a little more of them. I think those guys have an, an uphill climb, um, you know. And this guy would kind of be in betwixt and in between these categories, right? The guys who we think are 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 being young guys who have an inside shot to make the team. And then there's a Kyle Stowers who made the team last year, right? Made the team last year. The, the year before that showed pretty well, but where does he fit in now? And and I think he'll be given a lot of opportunity this spring. Does that turn out to be a showcase, to be a, a chance to have be an everyday player somewhere else versus a platoon splits guy here? I, I, I don't know where that's going, but apparently he's off to quite a start. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, something or reading something on him yesterday and immediately thought about a year ago where he made the team and they didn't let him play at all. And then yeah. they, then he got sent down and then he had some injury problems. And you almost forget about him. It's a lost season for yeah, that young yeah, man. Yeah, and, and now you wonder, like, what is it, – it goes back to the conversation, and he's not the only one, but what has he accomplished by going back to AAA when he's, quote-unquote, conquered that level – so you just wonder, does he get a lot of A, Bs, and A games early to showcase him to other people? Like, so that there's some sort of trade gets made? I don't know, but, like, I kind of feel bad for him because he probably should get oh, an I opportunity. I definitely feel bad for him. Yeah. I, I I mean, I he, he, you know, I thought they were a little overly judicious with him the prior year um, in terms of when he got to hit and when he didn't, and, and he got put in some real tough situations. Coming in cold, a kid who's done nothing but play nine innings of baseball every game all his life through the minors and through his amateur career and, and college at Stanford and all that. And now here he is coming in to just, you know, pinch hit late in games. And then the other team brings in one of their nastiest left-handed relievers. Yeah. And it's like, welcome to the yeah. show, son. Right. And he battles through that and he hits a big home run and he makes the team last year. And they give him no realistic shot to do anything in the field or otherwise before sending him back to Norfolk, and then he gets an injury, and then he gets hit in the face in a really scary incident, and everything gets away from him. And, and you know, that is part of the reason why, as this team was rebuilding, I would sometimes be banging the drum for these kids because they might get better faster than you think, and you might lose a little bit of time to really see what you had in that first wave of kids, the 2019 draft class, before 2020 and 2021 are knocking on the door. And and that's where we find ourselves now. And they've thinned that class out some already, right, by trading Joey Ortiz, by trading uh, Darnell uh, uh, Hernandez. Yeah, Hernandez, Darren. Uh, Daryl Hernandez. Daryl Hernandez. Yeah. Um, but Stowers was, you know, one of their what was the what their third pick in that draft. To look, I think Kyle Stowers can play corner outfield for a, a, a less than 100 win major league team, and I think he can wear do really well against righties. And we'll see how much you let him face lefties. But 
he's got 20, 25 home run power right now. And whether that manifests manifest itself here or not remains to be seen. But yeah, he's a kid who has got to be looking at the next six weeks saying there's an opportunity here for me to show something to this organization or to all those guys sitting behind home plate with the notepads yeah. and the laptops yeah. and the radar guns. Yeah, you, you're right. They thinned it out a little bit, but, man, there's still a lot there. And you've got a bunch of guys, and we've documented this before. There's numerous guys, Norby, Stowers being two of them, that have conquered AAA already. And, and like so sending them back down – what does that accomplish? And, and we, I forgot who we were talking to, Jason, but it was a, saying that, like, you know, these guys are humans and they of get, course they like, eventually they're going to get burnt out if they don't get an opportunity. I mean, it's, it's, look, it's human nature when you're looking at guys who you, who, who you outperformed at multiple levels, getting a chance to play every day in the major leagues with lesser teams. And, you know, it's another Wednesday night, you know, against Hudson Valley. It's, you know, with 3,000 people in the stands. And you're looking at major league highlights of guys in the show who you know you're better than and you haven't really been given an opportunity yet. I mean, baseball is is a mental game. It's a mental grind. It's a mental battlefield. And, of course, th- th- it's going to start to affect some of these guys. Like, you know, the third year in AAA, are you as motivated? Mm-hmm. Are you as pumped? You know, what are we really asking of these young men? And it's great to have depth. But you also need to be able to manage your own assets and, and turn an overabundance of certain elements into needy elements at other positions, other areas where your organization isn't as strong. Um, and, and look, I mean, Stowers versus Heston Kerstad could be a thing. Like, yeah. that's left-handed power. It's poolside power. One kid's, you know, got a better arm and is a much better fielder than the other. You know, the other, though, has, and, and Heston Kerstad probably going to get on base more than Stowers. Like, there, there's there's going to be some interesting push-pull. How much do you expect that kid to have to play the field? How much do they think Santander is playing right field? How much is O'Hearn playing right field? Is that guy going to be more of a DH? Is that guy going to be given a chance to face lefties and righties? Like, those two, um, certainly they're both not making it. And yeah. obviously I think Heston Kerstad has got the higher chance because look where he was drafted versus Stowers. Um, but that'll be an, you know, that'll be an interesting position battle. We have a huge Thursday show. No Bone. Bone is in Florida. He'll be back next week, so he's out the rest of this week. But that doesn't mean the show doesn't still go on. Uh, coming up 2.30, guess why? Jonathan Mayo, I'm going to be Pipeline. We'll talk about the Orioles Farm System with him at 2.30. 3.30, we'll head down to Sarasota. John Mioli from the Baltimore Banner joins us. 4 o'clock, the Hall of Famer, Lucy Burge, part of the IA Hall of Fame. We'll get her best bets at 4 and at 5. Brad Spielberger, who had an interesting uh, – it was part of a podcast talking about the Ravens and their their ability to keep this roster together and the tough offseason they're going to have. We'll discuss that with him at 5 o'clock. Yeah, he does a lot of um, the salary cap and, and sort of offseason uh, free agency projections for PFF, Brad does, and he thinks the Ravens have as difficult uh, a challenge here staying atop uh, the division as any team in the league based on where they are contractually with a lot of these players and free agency wise and and else where um yeah we'll get John Mioli's take on who really could make this team that would surprise us and where they're relatively set um and yeah Jonathan Mayo uh we've started to see more of these top 100 lists out including his at MLB pipeline however they haven't released their updated Orioles top 30 prospects mm-hmm. does he think Samuel Basayo could be dealt um 
Yeah, we'll find all that and a whole lot more over the next four hours. Coming up next, though, we're going to focus on Jackson Holiday. It's all the young dudes. What are our expectations for Jackson Holiday this season? We're going to tell you next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Jason is an Odyssey NFL insider. Jason Lockin' for. Jason Lockin' for one of the best in the business. Ken and Tim prefer Adam Schefter. What are we doing here? Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. The baby birds are growing up. We're on an excellent trajectory here. This group is going to help us keep taking a step forward. All the young dudes. It's liftoff from here for this team. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. Well, it was fun having him in spring training, and that was pretty rare, too, you know, to have a high school kid in his first spring training be in Major League Camp. And then not only be in Major League Camp, but be in Major League Camp as long as we kept him. I wanted to keep him as long as possible just because, one, I thought the experience he was going to get uh, with us was going was to be invaluable. Two, he didn't look out of place, and so the game wasn't too fast for him. I was just really impressed with how, with how he handled everything, how he fit in. Didn't try to do too much. A lot of young guys try to do too much, especially in the first big league camp, especially at that age. And, uh, you know, I just enjoyed having him. Um, he'll be at Major League Spring Training. I mean, he was last year. Um, he hasn't had a – he didn't have a full season anywhere because he moved so fast. But he, you know, hasn't been in AAA terribly long. But he did pretty well. Um, I think when you're 19 go, and then you're 20, that's that, – it's one year, but that's a lot of – Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, aging and physical development. I can't wait to see what he looks like in spring training. Um, look forward to having him there. He's going to have a chance to make the team. 
That's Brandon Hyde and Mike Elias talking about Jackson Holiday and Hyde. You, you may forget if you just you're you just focused on the now, but Jackson Holiday a year ago spent time in major spent longer in Major League Camp than I think any of us yep. expected. And we we took notice of it a year ago. And we're like, this is a good experience for him. And then he basically flew through the system, finished the year at triple A. Everything sets up for him, as you said in the open, to make this roster an opening day it looks like it as a second baseman. So what are you expecting from him at spring training the second time around? Well, I, I think he's going to pick up where he left off, having quality at-bats where he he shows a, a disciplined, um, mature approach that belies his age, where he's working counts, where he's trying to get specific pitches where he's not trying to do too much because look he's going to get bigger and stronger but right now he's not like power is not his calling card by any stretch of the imagination um it's it's incredible hit tool it's great you know it's it's contact over power um it's it's hard contact but you know it's gaps and doubles it's it's not moonshots um and it's also putting the ball in play in a manner in which his wheels which the the kid can move mm-hmm. um where you know that's a big element of his game so I, I think there are way more reasons to think he's major league ready than not and and my expectations begin with him having a spring where he picks up from last year and and he makes this a no-brainer for them and he makes the team um and I, I think look if we're setting reasonable expectations like he's really young and I know people are throwing rookie of the year out there and this and that but I mean, You've got an Evan Carter out there. Like, I don't know. Like, he doesn't yeah. need to be a, a, a rookie of the year finalist for me. And he's probably not at his physical peak yet. Like, he's not even close. Yeah. Like, a, a guy, he's going to hit some doubles that maybe two years are going to be home runs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I'm, I don't need him to go crazy. I, I need him to be a better than replacement level second baseman and and to outperform what they've been getting out of the Frasers and Odors mm-hmm. of the world. And I think he will do that exponentially. I, my expectations, I hope he stays in the major leagues all year. Like that's make this team and then stay up here all year and and be better in September than you were in in April, right? Like that's an expectation for me. Um numbers wise, I just want to see him on base a lot. I want to see him lean into his legs. Mm-hmm. I want to see him stealing bases. I want to see him understanding that slapping the ball the other way and running to first base can essentially be a double in this ballpark because of the way the ball may travel over there in left field or just because the ability to steal bases and what these rules are now. Um I want to see him be a catalyst and a spark plug. I don't really care where he hits in the lineup. I actually don't mind them putting him in the nine hole yeah. for a while to start um, and let him turn it over to Cedric or Gunner or whoever's batting first. Um, I want to see plus-plus defense, and and I don't have a whole lot of concerns about that, but it's interesting. The more I've, I've read recently, and Baseball America had a really interesting piece where they went back and watched every play he made in the field last year where video was available. Um, and it is interesting. They showed a bunch of clips of – and I kind of saw it anecdotally watching games last year and going to a lot of his games before he got to Norfolk. Um, but he plays shortstop in a weird way. Like they they tracked where he stationed himself versus a, a a shortstop with a plus arm versus a shortstop with an average arm in terms of how he fielded balls because he can't go to his right and backhand it and just plant one leg and throw it. He doesn't 95. have that arm. Yeah, he can't do what Gunner does. Yeah, he's got to eliminate the backhand from his play. So how does he do that? Well. 
He plays close to third base. That way, he's got a shot to run towards most balls that are hit and immediately throw across his body rather than have to sort of go one way, throw across his body. So it, it was interesting, like, looking at the heat maps and stuff. But, like, are you going to – is that really going to play right away at the major league level? How much arm strength can he, can he add? I don't know. Um, he was throwing the ball around 78, 79 miles an hour. That was – towards the lower end of major league everyday shortstops. It's bottom three or bottom four. But putting him at second to start makes sense. And with these new rules, GG, second base, more is required of you now than when you could basically be a rover and a fourth outfielder, right? And and you could move guys all over the place with the shift. Now the second baseman's got to be able to go both ways. And he's obviously going to, with that arm, which again, I'm not saying the kid doesn't have an arm or anything like that, but... To compare him at shortstop right now to Gunnar Henderson it ain't a fair fight. No, nah, Gunnar's got an absolute hose. And, and yeah, to your point, there was—I'm sure you saw it. Uh, it was it Baseball America that put out the 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 and they had him at like the third. Did you say that third lowest yeah, in he, baseball? He, like there were only three everyday shortstops who throw the ball around seventy-eight miles an hour. Yeah, so, and none of them were premium defenders. No, so the second base might make. The most sense. And that doesn't mean as he gets bigger and stronger that we yeah. can't reassess shortstop over time. But um, I think they're being realistic in how they've set this up. And again, if you want to find an area where you're going to say he doesn't really have the potential to be plus even, it's the arm. Because most research will show, even as you get bigger and stronger, like you might tick up to 80-something, but he's yeah. never going to throw the ball like Gunnar Anderson yeah, throws yeah. the ball. That's not going to happen. Um but yeah, those are my expectations. Make the team, stay up here all year, hold down second base, be a, you know, be, be be ready for this playoff run, right? Maybe you're not hitting ninth anymore come September, right? Um and show that energy, be that spark plug. Just find a way to get on base. You know, on base percentage. I'm looking at that. Stolen bases, I'm looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um cuz once he's on base, it, it he becomes a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I just want a play play very good second base and give me a quality bat as well wherever it is in the lineup not a guy we we've lowered our expectations so much for our second baseman that when a guy hits a clutch home run every once in a while we get excited yeah and that's what we had with Adam Frazier and Rugnado Dor, who were essentially the same guy the last two years like yeah like they'd hit a clutch home run and then they wouldn't get a hit for a week and I, I want to Guy who's got a good approach at the plate, draw a couple walks, get him some base hits, and as you said, steal some bags and make things a problem for the defense. That's I don't think, especially for a kid. Hell, uh, Jim Bowden thinks he could hit three hundred. Just wait, get out of bed and hit three hundred. Give me two eighty, and I'm going to be very happy. Well, I don't even care about that. Get if he if this kid can get on base 37 percent sure. of the time, I'm good. I don't care how he gets there. I'm I'm good with that. And I, again, I, I I don't think the glove's going to be a problem whatsoever. I think you're going to see immediately a premium defender at second base. And yeah, if you if this team is is rolling offensively and you're batting eighth or ninth, then stay within yourself. Um, and and again, your your goal there is to get on base so that now the the you know one two and three are coming up with somebody on and a chance to drive in some runs and 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 you know get the chain moving. Hey, coming up next, Jackson Holiday. We expect him to graduate from the farm system this year, but this system is still loaded. What does MLB Pipeline think of the old system? We'll ask Jonathan Mayo next here on the Fan Inside Access on the Fan. 
Jackson Holiday is expected to graduate from the farm this year, but this Orioles farm system still seems pretty loaded. Let's go out to the WGK Law guest hotline now, where we're joined by Jonathan Mayo, MLB.com, MLB Pipeline. And Jonathan, thank you as always for joining us. How surprised are you that this system is still seemingly overflowing with talent, even with the graduations? <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, we've talked about it before, right? Uh, we knew how deep it was. And I think, you know, what makes it so exciting is every time it looks like it's starting to thin out. And listen, like the back half of the of our new top 30, which will come out beginning of March, mm-hmm. it's not quite as deep as it was in the, in the very back. But I feel like every year there's another player who kind of takes a step forward. You know, a couple of years ago, Samuel Basayo was interesting. He had just signed. But we didn't, you know, you never know what's going to happen until they start playing. And here he is, one of the best hitting prospects in all of baseball. So uh, I feel that they're uh, continuing to fire on all cylinders in terms of not just the acquisition of these players, but in developing them the right way. You guys seem to be still pretty bullish on Colton Kowser. And it seems like, you know, there's getting to be maybe a little more variance about his projections and in some spheres of the of the prospect verse, um, in terms of you know, is there anything that's really plus plus about him? Is it, has the team maybe gotten too good for him to be the replacement at center field for Mullins, or where does he fit in? How do you see this year playing out for this young man? Because it seems like it's kind of go time or not here. I, I think he's in one of those places where he needs an opportunity, like a real opportunity to play. I think. What happens with a player like him is two things. One, he didn't set the world on fire with the brief opportunity he was given. It was, to me, it was way too small of a sample size. I don't think it means anything. We all could tick off tons of all-stars, MVPs, who were not very good when they first got up. So I kind of dismissed that. But then you know, it's a, a certain, we call it prospect fatigue, and it mm-hmm. sets in where you feel like you've been talking about a guy for too long even though it hasn't really been that long for Colton Kowser, but when they get to the upper levels and they touch the big leagues and then they're stuck, there's a perception that they're stuck because they, they're not good. And I don't, I don't know if that's the case. You know, I, I think, you know, I think he still has a lot of tools. Are they like super loud plus right. tools? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe he gets hurt by comparison to some of the other ridiculous talent in the system. But I think if he were someplace else, he'd be the starting center fielder on opening day. We're talking to Jonathan Mayo. It's Inside Access here on The Fan. Jonathan, let's talk about Jackson Holiday. And this is a team that's used to having number one overall prospects with Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson. How good can Jackson Holiday be in your mind? I've never heard of him. I'm sorry. I'm I almost can't answer that question because you do not want to put uh, a ceiling on a player like him. Uh, you know, I think we all saw what he did in, a, in his first full year, uh, and he clearly made it obvious that he is not the kind of player you put a limit on in terms of how quickly he could or should get to the big leagues. It doesn't really matter about his age. The approach is so advanced. The bat-to-ball skills are ridiculous. And, and, you know, he impacts the ball plenty. The one thing we just don't know yet is – what's the power going to look like right. at the highest level? And I, you know, I don't care, first of all, because right. if he's, let's say, let's say he hits 15 to 20 homers, but hits 350 every year. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. 
Yeah. So, you know, but I think that would be selling him short. There's going to be a lot more power to come. Um, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to be a 40 homer guy. Uh, you know, maybe he's a second baseman. Uh, maybe that's where he's best suited eventually anyway, regardless of big league personnel. None of that matters to me. He's such a special player. Uh, even just hearing him talk about the opportunity in front of him, he, 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 you forget how young he is when, when you engage with him and how he talks about the game uh, and, and the opportunity he's being given. Uh, it's just uh, I, don't, I don't put a ceiling on a player like Jackson Holiday. How long do you think it is, uh, Jonathan, before Kobe Mayo goes from knocking on the door to maybe kicking it in and, and smashing a whole bunch of plywood along with it as he goes? And, and if that is to say happen sooner than rather than later, maybe by, I don't know, Memorial Day, is he slotted for the right side of the infield, do you think? Well, you know, we talked about it at our family Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell that until people actually believe me. But, uh, you know, I, some, I, again, sort of like with Jackson Holiday in that it's not 100% clear, like, where, where, he'll, where to play him. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the personnel decisions that they'll have to make. But I do think because he's at the upper levels, he's going to force their hand sooner rather than later uh, just because he, you don't find that power. Uh, and I he took such great steps forward in terms of his overall approach. Now, listen, he'll get to the big leagues. There's going to be swing and miss. There always sure. will be. But I think, he's a, I think he's a better hitter than people thought, which gives you more confidence that he's going to get to that power against big league pitching. And, you know, I think it's probably going to be first base when all is said and done. Mm-hmm. And then they're just going to have to figure out how to make that work. Uh, he's so young that it's not like – if he spends the year at AAA or he does a little up and down out of necessity, that it's something to be like, oh, he's, he's stuck. You know, he's still, let's say he doesn't play an inning of big league baseball this year. He's still going to be really, really young uh, when making his big league debut, maybe trying to make an opening day roster in 2025. We're talking to Jonathan Mayo, Inside Access here on The Fan. Jonathan, uh, to let the people know about the spring breakout game coming up March 14th, uh, that's Pirates and Orioles. Yeah, I'm really excited about this whole thing that they're doing it across Major League Baseball where every Major League organization is putting together an all-prospect Oh, wow. Like across all levels. So, you know, futures game, but just for your organization. Right. Uh, kind of based on our, you know, on the, on the top 25 or 30 prospects each system has. And the Orioles-Pirates game, which is taking place on March 14th, is, for me, the reason why this idea was created. Uh, because in the first inning, if all goes well and everyone's healthy, you're going to see Paul Skeens face Jackson Holiday. Right. Um, not to mention Paul Skeens facing whoever you put two and three in the Orioles <laughs> yeah. system, right? right. I, hit, I, I, I hit Masayo second and Mayo third, you know, because why not? Sure. And then the Pirates have a bunch of other – Really good pitching prospects too. So that's going to be a really exciting game. It's a one-off game. You know, hopefully it'll grow from here. Maybe we can have a, a tournament of some sort when all you know. Oh, but the you know, cool. timing of that and scheduling is is hard. But that's the idea. And I will be in Bradenton. I believe it's in Bradenton uh, for that game on the 14th. So I I can't wait because awesome. the futures game and the Arizona Fall League are are great opportunities to see a ton of prospect talent on the field at once. And this is like in competition in the middle of spring training. It's, it's going to be really exciting and a fun time. Um, 
before we let you go, who I know you said you guys haven't released your, yeah, and I check all the time. I, I've been hitting refresh like yeah. four or five times March, a week. Uh, um, March fourth. March fourth. Okay, is when we'll get the, the updated top thirties. But outside of the the big time names, are there a couple of kids you feel like could could break through and become a little bit more mainstream and top one hundred guys? Dylan Beaver's somebody who really kind of for me. Look like he the, the light bulb went on a little bit for him last year, but are there a couple of kids, hitters or pitchers, who who you like who aren't top ten Oriole prospects right now? Well, not. not I mean, Beavers. It's funny you, you call me without you know. I don't have anything in front of me. Um, so, but you know, I think Beavers may sneak into the top ten. A little, okay. Uh, a little sneak preview for for you. All there. Right, I, all I, right. I don't. Re- I, I don't remember. And then I think the obvious is Enrique Bradfield, the first round pick sure. last year. Um, you know, just have to sort of see. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. What kind of player he is as a professional, the speed is elite. Uh, that's going to the speed in the defense will get him to the big leagues. I think it's just a question of what um, you know, what kind of impact he's going to have. He's not going to be a power guy. You just want to make sure he's not one of these, uh, you know, these guys who is all speed and the back gets knocked out of his hands, kind right. of thing. Uh, you know, the one the one peers of the world. He had a great career. And maybe with, there's more of a return to speed now and that could play, but it's limited ceiling, and I don't know if that's a top 100 guy. If he can drive the ball to the gaps a little bit, um, then, you know, then he becomes much more interesting. And I could, I could see him being that kind of next up top 100 guy. Pitching is still the one area where they're, they're lacking. I yeah. think there's some interesting arms in the system, but none of them are guys who are like, oh, you know, that, that guy could be a, a top 100 guy. Right. Uh, mostly because I think the guys that are interested are a little bit older, and maybe they could help out the rotation. There's some guys who could help this year in a variety of roles. And listen, you need big leaguers. Big leaguers come from non-top 100 guys. I know those are the guys that get everyone excited, but, uh, you know, you, you need pitching. And I think everyone saw that's what the Orioles needed. Uh, you know, that's why they, but why they traded for it for, for this year. Uh, you know, but there isn't, there isn't that guy or two on the mound who's, screams, oh, this is a, a future top 100 talent. At least not yet. Yeah, let me ask you specifically about three guys before we let you go, and that's Seth Johnson, Chase McDermott, and Cade Povich. Do, do you, are there different levels of like on those guys? Yeah, I mean, Seth Johnson is probably the guy who's the most interesting, but you just never know with a guy coming coming back from, from surgery. Like, I know the sort of general rule of thought is 
that guys come back from Tommy John. But, I, you know, I still tend to be a little, I don't want to say skeptical, cautious. Sure. Uh, until you see it um, and, and see what it can be. He had, you know, before the injury, like in the, coming out of the draft and everything like that, he had sort of top 100-ish stuff. We'll just have to see how it bounces back, how the command comes back, what, what kind of pitcher he is. Sometimes guys come back and they're better. The stuff picks up because they've been spending a year working on their, you know, their, the rest of their body, their right. legs, things like that. So he's the guy that probably interests me the most of that trio. Jonathan Mayo, thank you, find sir. his work on MLB Pipeline. Jonathan, always great, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Coming up next, we switch to Ravens, and we're at a position review time of year. We look at the linebackers, and, man, they were great, but uh, one of them is probably walking out the door. But we'll, we'll look at the linebacker room next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. It's that time of year when we do position reviews, and let's go to linebackers. And this was maybe, you could argue, the brightest of spots as – Roquan Smith was first team All Pro. Patrick Queen second team All Pro. Hard to, yeah. hard to, hard to argue with that. Even and a guy like Malik Harrison contributed to this team. So, like, it's hard to hard to have much much complaints about the inside linebackers. No, I mean it was it was a strength of the team. It was uh, an A position group. Um, obviously, these guys that that never really left the field. They were impactful and they were incredibly durable and. They were the lifeblood of a defense that set a bunch of records. And it wasn't that long ago that they were kind of on a hamster wheel of, you know, does Bynes have another year left yeah, in him kind yeah. of thing, right? And it's it's interesting. Old, old friend C.J. Mosley looks like he might finally have um, become more trouble than he's worth in terms of a cap standpoint. Yeah. He's right? actually so playing great football. He's, he, he has, yeah, he really didn't play the first two years of that contract due to injuries and COVID. And then now has turned it up, but he, you know, he's getting up there a little bit and that defense has some other issues and I'm not sure he's going to be back with the Jets, but like, and we're going to talk later in the show Mm -hmm. about some potential cap casualties that we think could make sense for the Ravens, but I don't think he does because they're paying Roquan Smith a whole lot of money to do what he did. And obviously we all think Trenton Simpson is the next guy up for Patrick Queen and maybe that works out and maybe it doesn't. But I think he'll be given the 2024 season to to display that one way or the other. Um, and and look, it's a group that on the whole could have been better and different if Tyus Bowser played, right? And maybe yeah. they would have been in some different looks and they wouldn't have been in dime and nickel as much and you would have had three linebackers on the field a little bit more and done some different things because Tyus Bowser is a guy who contributed um, on all three downs when – he was healthy, but that never materialized. And for him to have not played a snap and for this group to still have performed that well yeah. is pretty remarkable, but we spin everything forward this time of year, and it does make you wonder, you know, moving forward. Like, look, next year, I'm not sure that we're going to be talking about maybe the Ravens having the best linebacker duo in the NFL. Like, I'm not sure that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that we're going to be debating, you know, like the guys in San Francisco, Warner yeah. and Greenlaw, or these two. Well, and now Greenlaw's hurt, yeah, right? He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's going to probably miss the year, yeah. at least some of it. Yeah, but I, I, you know, so I don't know that that we're going to be there. 
But, like, let's face it, this is also going to be another challenge for Roquan Smith. But remember, you know, it's funny how the narrative changes. Uh, about, I guess, nine months ago, after the draft, we're talking about, well, Patrick Queen will be gone in a year, and you've got Roquan Smith, your Batman, and he can. we talked about him as a force multiplier, and Trenton Simpson will be that guy that he gets to play up because he's playing next to Roquan Smith. We did not expect – we thought Patrick Queen, we saw it for half a season. He got better with Roquan. I don't think anybody of, of us thought he'd become a second-team All-Pro with Roquan. Agreed. Um, and look, Patrick Queen obviously has a lot of um, – Freakish athleticism. Yeah. He's he's malleable, bendable, pliable, flexible. Uh, he's incredibly fast. He's strong. Um, that he has a lot going for him physically. Uh, he was asked to do too much too soon, but eventually they found a middle ground. It, it took them making one of the more significant trades in recent Ravens history to settle that position down, but it worked remarkably well. But this is now, like, this is as much a challenge for Roquan Smith yeah. as it is for Trent Simpson. Like, I, I think, you know, like, when you do what they did for Roquan and you give him more money than even the Bears were willing to give him, right, and that's who drafted him, invested draft capital in him, and he was their face of their defense for three-plus years, right, and he couldn't get money there, and he got ex- everything he wanted and then some after being here about 30 seconds, it's not just about how he plays with Patrick Queen. It's about how that linebacking mm. core performs over the totality of his contract. And when you do what they did for Roquan Smith, it implies that there's not going to be a ton of other guys in the linebacker position yeah. making a ton of money. No, can't. You can't. It's just the way the cap works. I mean, you could, but it's just—it's probably not the way they're going to yeah. do it. Like, it's—it's—it's it's, it's probably they probably don't think it's going to work for them. So, as much as we're going to look at this new young coaching staff, right, and we're going to evaluate how they're developing players versus this one last year mm. that had guys come up aces at every position group, um, and some of that's going to fall on them, and certainly the the defensive coordinator is a former linebacker and yes. a former linebacker coach. Yep. So Trenton Simpson's development's going to fall on him. And he's also going to fall on Roquan Smith. Yeah. but Fair or unfair, right yeah. or wrong. And to the, I think, frankly, it's kind of fair. I think yeah. he knows what he signed up for. Oh, when you're the highest paid inside linebacker in football, and, and we <laughs> talked about you for years being a force multiplier, yeah, it falls on him. I, I also think with the spending part of it, we can look at a vacuum at the position, but when your quarterback's making $50 million a year and you've got a defensive tackle that's about to make 20 some sure. million million a year, that affects your ability to spend on two linebackers. Yeah, and and look, this is a position group where they have generally done pretty well. Yeah. Finding, you know, when they do invest high draft capital in a guy, it usually pays off. Uh, and then they also have, have had a pretty good history of finding guys in the mid-rounds and, and obviously – you know, the Edgerton Hartwells of the world and the Bart Scotts yeah. of the world, they've had a success finding them way off the beaten path. Matt Judon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Another one. So I'll be interested to see in this draft, you know, whether linebacker is something that there's a kid, you know, somewhere day two or early day three who makes sense for them. I would think certainly it's an area I could see them going, you know, undrafted free agent mm. leaning into some athletic young linebackers and seeing if they can provide some depth. Um, and, yeah, look, the bottom line is it's going to be hard to duplicate last year's productivity. I, I think that's probably a, a big ask. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> First team all pro, second team all pro. Hey, Trenton Simpson showed and well. all those snaps and yeah. all those tackles and all those, you know, run fits. And I was going to get to the point with Trenton Simpson. He looked great against the Steelers. What was that? Week 18. But it's, it's, it's not fair to him to say, okay, now do what Patrick Queen did a year ago. Well, Patrick Queen didn't do what Patrick Queen did until year four. Yes, correct. For a full season. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's not fair. No. Which is also part of the reason why I don't think this group on the whole is going to be probably as productive as it was a year ago. Now, it's also there's the Kyle Hamilton factor, too. Like, sure. how often do you, like, because when you look at what he's really doing, sometimes he's kind of more a part of this group than not. Um, but I, I also wonder if, if again, I, I think he's going to increasingly be put in positions to make plays on the ball 30, 40 yards downfield, which would take him out of here. Coming up next, we spin forward Patrick Queen, and what is his free agent market going to look like? I'm going to ask Jason Lockett for it next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 